This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Whether you're sitting or standing or driving, welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always send your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We are re- presented by Progressive Insurance. So, um, Bill Belichick, uh, your future, those reports that came out from NBC Sports Boston that this can be it from you. Um, Bill, talk about it. Bill, while well, understanding that you're getting ready for Kansas City, have you and Robert discussed your future beyond the season? Getting ready for Kansas City. And that's all there is going to be to that. And he said that at least 30 times when anybody had that question about his future after the season's over, still being a Patriots head coach. Let's bring someone who's an FOS friend of the show. He's Mike Reese, does a great job as an ESPN Patriots reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Mike Reese. And Mike, that report came out on Monday. When you heard about it, what was your reaction Monday and Tuesday? Hey, Freddie. Hey, Harry. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, I'm just going to take you right into the, the room here today with Bill Belichick. You know, he was asked three times in different forms, you know, about the report, basically. And he deflected, as you heard his answer. And I think it's sort of, to me, guys, it's important to sort of talk about why this is a conversation. And it goes back to me to March when the owner, Robert Kraft, who's 82 years old, said, it's very important to me that we make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, they're 3-10, and ten, and we know that Robert Kraft didn't want to lose Tom Brady four years ago, and they've had three losing seasons in the last four years since Brady left. Um, last playoff win is their Super Bowl win over the Rams in February of 2019, and that's why this is a question. And I'm not sure they've made a decision, but it's that's why the speculation is swirling, right, Freddie and Harry? Like, it's yep. it's... Got to wait to see what they decide after the season, I guess. And, Mike, I want to go to the game that this that the New England Patriots actually played versus the Colts in Germany, and we know how important that game was to Robert Kraft. But for me, it was the handling of the quarterback position at the end of that game where you bench Mac Jones, who a few weeks prior just led you to a game-winning drive to beat the Buffalo Bills to bring in a cold Bailey Zappi. And he ended up throwing an interception. Do you think that's something that Robert Kraft also looked at on top of losing in Germany? So, Harry, that NBC Sports Boston report about Belichick that they cited anonymous sources and said that the the ownership had basically decided at that point, right after that game, that they were done. That was what the report was. So it's a good game to revisit. And Basically, the thing to know on that, to me, is like turnovers have been killing the Patriots all season, mm-hmm. and Max a bit, Max's been a big part of that, and he threw a really tough interception late in that game, and so I think at that point, Bill Belichick reacted like, I, I, I can't do it anymore, right? Like, at that point, took him out, and you make a great point, like, is putting the backup in cold with 152 remaining and no timeouts in the game... And they have to drive, I think it was 85 yards for a touchdown, is, is that the best decision? So I think we can second-guess the decision. I, I think the turnovers were why Belichick made it. And then in retrospect, when he puts Mac back in as a starter the next game when they come out, um, you almost wonder if he second-guessed it, you know, mm-hmm. in retrospect, just right. based on that decision-making. So I don't think from an ownership perspective, the handling of the quarterbacks was maybe what led him to maybe the idea that this is 
potentially coming to an end. I think it was a, a spoke in the wheel, a part of the overall decision making. Great stuff by Mike Reese, ESPN Pages report on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at Mike Reese. Maybe it's just me, Mike, and you're closer to the team than I am, than Harry is, than anybody else out there. Bill Belichick just looks washed to me. He looks worn out to me. What have you seen? 71 years old. Um, you know, he he's so consistent and he's so, like, he works his tail off still. And I think, to me, Freddie, like, I guess I don't, I wouldn't say, like, in my view, like, washed because I listen to players and they talk, like, I talked to Jabril Peppers after this, last game against the Steelers. And he was saying like how much he was happy. They won for Belichick. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I think players, Freddie are still, or I shouldn't say all of them, but I mean, the certain ones I listened to like Ezekiel Elliott today, Jabril Peppers the other day, like they're playing for him and the team's still playing hard for him, which matters to me as a reporter covering the team, because if the players had checked out on him and these games weren't competitive, I might, I might lean in that direction. Like, has he just, is it just done, you know? And so I get a little conflicted on the topic, to be honest with you, because he does look tired to me. I think this season has worn on him. I think it's worn on Robert Kraft. I think it's worn on a lot of people. So I don't think it's a, a, a bad observation, Freddie, but I, I, I would just wonder how much of that's just fatigue of being worn down over so many losses. So let's just say the New England Patriots do decide to part ways with Bill Belichick. What candidate should they consider to follow in his footsteps, Mike? Ooh, Harry, this is big. I mean, so so I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with it. I'll, I'll probably go drill down, simplified. I, I think in-house, um, the strong in-house candidate is Gerard Mayo. They're uh, uh, one of their linebackers coaches who they kept with a contract extension this past off season mm-hmm. uh, with the intention to keep him with the team long-term. And he's been on the head coaching interview circuit, you know, with other teams prior to this. So start with that as a strong in-house candidate, but Harry, I, and I'd be curious your guys' opinion on this. I mean, mm-hmm. the talent level on the team is such that I'm not sure it's even the coach you go with first. Maybe a start personnel-wise. Yes. And that opens up a whole other conversation because whatever you do personnel-wise ties into whoever you might hire as a coach. And I think when you look at this football team right now, me personally, I think it's pretty much a guarantee they're going to take a quarterback with that high draft pick that they're going to get. How attractive would this job be to others outside of this organization, knowing that they probably will have the second overall pick in the draft this year? So, Harry, I, I think it's attractive for that, but I and and I might be off on this when when I think about a head coach candidate looking at jobs that are attractive. I think that the ownership is where I usually start. Like, hey, what what's the track record of these owners? How committed are they? Are they around? the building on a regular basis. What, what type of support am I getting? And I think to me, the attractiveness of the job is Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, the, the, the principal owners um, of the team, the family owns the team. So really they're the only owners. I think those are the type of people you'd, you generally want to work for, you know? So I think that to yep. me makes it attractive on top of a, a high pick that could be a quarterback. It could be someone else. Um, I, I think it is a strong job in my view. 20 seconds left. What does your gut tell you about who will be the Patriots coach in 2024? 20 seconds. We're running the hurry up. (laughs) Freddie, it feels like we're getting close to the end, but until 
they say it's the end. I, I'm going to say it's Belichick, but I, I got to tell you, I'm leaning towards feels like change could be coming. No doubt about that. Mike, hang in there, my brother. Great stuff as always. Great to talk with you and have a happy holiday if you can, okay? Thanks, bud. I appreciate you guys. He's appreciate an, you. He's an FOS friend of the show. He is Mike Reese, ESPN Pages reporter. Hit him on Twitter. It's a great follow because believe me, if you're a Pages fan, you're probably going to need to follow him on Twitter to see the latest developments involving Bill Belichick. If he's going to stay or be forced to leave, hit him up at Mike Reese. And don't forget this Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, is the ESPN Radio HBCU special with yours truly, Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas. We'll reflect back on the 2023 season and get you set for the celebration bowl between Howard and FAMU. That's this Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, ESPN Radio HBCU special with yours truly, Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas. Yep, just what we thought. Draymond got ejected, and he will jog off to the locker room. We need Draymond, but you know he knows that. We talked to him, and he's got to find a way to keep his poise and, and be out there for his, his teammates. Keep weighing in. What should the Golden State Warriors do about Draymond Green? Suspended for the third time this year, and we're still 12 days away from Christmas. Let us know on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio and the ESPN app at triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. We are expecting some kind of suspension to come down today or tomorrow. Don't take our word for it. Check out what Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider, had to say on the NBA Today. Based on my conversations today and uh, based on the obvious, what everybody could see, uh, that Draymond Green will be suspended, um, whether that's today or sometime tomorrow ahead of Thursday's game in L.A. But the question is, How long will he be suspended for? Uh, He is coming off a recent five-game suspension. And now, you know, the the question for the league is, are they comparing what happened last night against Phoenix, you know, the swipe uh, to Yusuf Nurkic? Are they comparing it to the act with Rudy Gobert? Or are, are they just looking at, again, another repeat offense. And that's a big part of how the league uh, determines penalties. That's where things get muddy. Are they going to just isolate it and say this? Or is it going to be a cumulative effect, what we've seen so far this year? I don't know if you can use past events from past seasons, but three ejections this short of a season, barely 23 games in. Harry, you're the commissioner. You're Adam Silver. What kind of suspension would you lay down on Draymond Green? Um, So he just got five games recently. Mm -hmm. For me, it has to. I think honestly, it has to be ten games plus anywhere between ten and fifteen games. That that's that's what I'm thinking because of the simple fact, Freddie. He's a repeated offender, and we used to play this commissioner mm. thing in our meeting room. We used to right. find each other, okay, and we used to base things off of everyone in the room right. and their past history. Really, when you were yes. the Falcons, yeah, we used to find each other in our meeting room. Okay, so if somebody had done something. Like, we used to have this thing, embarrassment to the group. If your pants are <laughs> sagging, you get fined. Okay. If you if you say something on Twitter that's stupid, that embarrasses us, uh-huh. like you get fined for that. Okay. So if you, you were, uh, if you were a repeated offender, right. you already was going to get a punishment. Okay. It was just, it, it got amped up even more because you, you were a repeated offender. What was the biggest fine levied in that court? Oh, man. Over $1,000. Did it include you? Uh, no. <laughs> Harry, the, the crazy thing you, is that I can't even about it. I can't even mention no, some of the mention. stuff that was fine that yeah, people no, got fired oh, for. Sometimes it's good whatever happens in the locker room or what's the side in the locker room. We used to find Rabisky too. Oh you yeah, he was your coach, your wide receiver coach. He was a repeated offender when it came to some things. I'm guessing it started with cut and then the ursing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no. It he, if, if you were a repeated offender, then A. I mean, don't, they got me sometimes, too, for being a repeated offender. Shocking. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Another so, breaking news. The sky's up there. My, my highest fine may have been $500. What did you do? I can't mention Never mind. It. <laughs> Good. You'll tell me off the air? But, but, the, but the moral of the story is that, uh-huh. you know, Draymond has a history. Yes, so as as much as people probably and there are some people out there that want to ignore that history, you can't ignore it. You can't, right? You got to. You, you can't. Those things have to factor into whatever the, whatever decision the NBA is going to make in terms of how long he's going to be suspended. No. I, I'm with you. I would not be surprised. Fifteen to twenty games. I think that may be the baseline. I thought eight to ten. I'm thinking fifteen to twenty based on what you just said. That could be the baseline for this suspension, a third ejection that's happened so far to Draymond Green this season. And, and, and if you're Adam Silver, you can't have, you really can't have, you know, people making a mockery of you being the commissioner of the NBA. You can't have things like this trans, transpiring and going on, on and on and on and again. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to put a stop to it. Yeah, it's like our parents told us, don't embarrass me, boy, in front of company. Hey, boy, <laughs> that's the good old days when you used to get them spankings. Uh-huh, because hey. of the, like the old, uh, old comedy line, I'm going to get you in this world, I'm gonna I can get you take when you, you get out. Home. <laughs> oh, All that, that time you that get home, and I'm like, oh. dang, I try to go to bed. Man, no, that was it, it didn't matter. They beat you in your sleep. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What should be done to Draymond Green regarding the NBA suspension or even from his own team, the Golden State Warriors. Slick Richard in L.A., what you got, my friend? Hi, Freddie. I enjoy you guys' uh, show. Thank you. I'm 71 years old. You're probably not my age, but I'm sure you're old enough to remember uh, Kermit Washington. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure Draymond, uh, if he walked up on Kermit Washington, uh, he'd be on a stretcher going to the hospital. But um, the Warriors team as a whole, 20-plus games into the season, you've got a team that's in dissension. They're not satisfied with the way Wiggins is playing. Clay is upset about his pending contract renewal. Yep. And then you've got Draymond. Steve Kerr, the general manager, and Joe Lakeham, they are going to have to make the decision going forward. You've already got an organization that's, in, that's full of dissension. It, 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 the problem is bigger than what Draymond is repeatedly doing. So that first has to be corrected um, moving forward. Have a wonderful show. Richard in L.A., number one, strong voice. Well done by Richard. Number two, great points. For those who don't know that story, Google Kermit Washington and Rudy Tomjanovich. Kermit Washington got into it. He played for the Lakers at that time. Rudy T played for the Houston Rockets. And there was a skirmish involving Kermit and somebody else. Rudy Tom Jones came up beside him. trying. He was going to be a peacemaker. And Kermit didn't realize that. Turned around and clocked him. Broke thirty over 30 bones in his face oh, when man. it came to Rudy Tom Jones. So Google that. That happened in the 70s. I remember that as a kid, seeing the highlights. And Kermit Washington just drilled him and broke over 30 bones in his face. Those are the kind of things that happened back then that the NBA does not want to have happen now. Not saying that Draymond Green is capable of that, but Richard makes a a very salient point. If you're the Golden State Warriors, this is beyond the NBA. This is beyond Draymond Green. What are you going to do about it? How long are you going to continue this and making excuses and saying, like Steve Kerr said, man, we need Draymond Green, but he's got to learn and be better. You've said that, Steve Kerr, and this organization for way too long involving the antics, no matter how necessary he is as a necessary evil. 
when it comes to Draymond Green. That's why I feel like you know general manager Mike Dunleavy Jr. He's he's in a tight spot right now, mm-hmm. and he he he's just got the job, mm-hmm. but he has to make these you know business decisions that's in the best interest sure. of the Golden State Warriors. Right, no doubt about that, it, because it's not just about one player not affecting everybody else whatever the NBA has to decide. Vince in New Mexico, what should the penalty be for Draymond Green? Not if, but when he's suspended after what he did last night in Phoenix and Yusef Nurkic in the NBA. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I think it should be the whole season. It's uncalled for. All this guy's doing is cold-cocking people who aren't looking. It's just embarrassing. I wish he played with the Barclays and the Shacks <laughs> and uh, the Lambeers that used to play in the 80s. And, <laughs> and I know he wouldn't be laying people out the way he is now. Yeah, Vincent New Mexico, I'm not going to go that far and say he should be suspended until the All-Star break of the rest of the season. I won't go there with you, but I will tell you this. As someone who watched that basketball in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s, there were certain guys you had in your team that were called M guys. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to finish that sentence. You know exactly how he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anybody out there who's played sports know what I'm talking about. There was always that M kind of guy that said, I'm not putting up with this kind of foolishness. I don't know what kind of M guy Draymond Green would have been, but he would not have been as much of an M guy as those guys playing back then in the NBA. Well, and, and what I don't want to happen is someone in, in, in the NBA to get tired of the antics, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, you have this big old brawl. Absolutely. Over well, and over again. Well, guys don't fight anymore. There's too much AAUing. You mentioned the jersey swapping, guys bro-hugging and dapping and everything like that. that I mean, believe me, there's all, you, can all, you can bro-hug people. You mentioned this to me, Harry. You can get but there's always that one moment. Man, listen here, Freddie. <laughs> Everybody know, listen, you know how much I love my brother. Uh-huh. Yeah, bro, it's a blessing that me and my brother didn't play the same professional sport because <laughs> if we played against each other, I I got a dog, you man. <laughs> Listen, these guys they they they'll go play against their best friend, they uh-huh. a, a friends. Yep, they friend a dog them on the court, and hell, they, they'll go eat dinner after. Absolutely, I can't tell how many times I played pickup against friends of mine like, and everything. I wanted to kill them, and bro, they wanted to kill me. I don't want to eat dinner with you until the next week. <laughs> You just gave me 25, and we're going to go eat dinner together? Man, you out your damn mind. You know, I saw that problem. I made sure my friends and I stayed in the same team. This way, we had to have a common enemy, and it couldn't be us. <laughs> we had enough of that growing up. We said, nah, we can't be doing that nonsense. Harry, what was the split one-on-one on your brother? Obviously, you were a good basketball player. He went uh-huh. to the NBA. What was the yeah. – you know, So what? I would say, like, my brother first beat me one-on-one when we were in high school. But okay. let me tell you what was the kicker. What's that? When I was in college and I went down, no, my my, I was in I was in the league. Yeah, my first year, he was still a senior year, and so my condition that we used to play one on one full court. Okay, well, my brother had filled out muscle wise, mm-hmm. man. My brother about six two and a half, six three, mm-hmm. action figure body, bro, and he went to elbowing me and and and, and big balling me. Uh huh. And I said, okay, I got to play dirty now. <laughs> He go, he go up. I might have to swipe him when he go up for a layup. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Hey, he, man. That, that's when he. That's when I say, you know what? I, I can't you get out that game. Huh? He ain't he ain't little brother no more. <laughs> he, he little big brother I'm now. He little big bro. Man, <laughs> yeah. it's, always, it's my brother Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Keep weighing in on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at E at, at Coleman ESPN. Excuse me, at H Dogs eighty three. What should be the penalty for Draymond Green when he gets suspended by the NBA? Let us know at H Dogs eighty three. That's Harry's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie Harry, and boy, waiting to hear Cam Newton had to say about Dak Prescott 
Brock Purdy, and Tua Tungavailoa. And it was not a good thing that he said about those three guys. That's after Harry has this good word from Vivid Seats. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, and pro football are in action, and Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, every slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us, fans. Trust me, I know. Offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Blue in St. Louis. My boys, what's the word, man? What's been going on? I'm so glad to be talking to y'all. I love y'all's show, bro. Y'all get me through that late part of the day. Harry, you hilarious. Freddie, bro, you just keep bringing the knowledge, so I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. We appreciate you for the kind words. Thank you, my man. Yes, sir, always. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It is the Wednesday Groothon known as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. By the way, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All that protection in one place, so bundle and save at Progressive.com. We wonder why we haven't heard from Cameron Newton in a long time. And based on today, now we know why. He has a fourth and one podcast. And this is not to minimize his opinion. Dude's a former MVP in the National Football League. So he has value, whether you agree or disagree with what he has to say. And plenty of people disagreed <laughs> when he said that, yeah, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, Tua Tungabailoa of the Miami Dolphins, and Purdy. Brock Purdy of San Francisco 49ers. He doesn't know if they're great, but he knows they're game managers. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack Parody, like, but Brock, they're not winning because of him. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. That's listen. I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. I res- respectfully disagree. Cam Newton, that's the homie. Oh. Southside, found this man. We both from the south side of Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, 
But the three quarterbacks he mentioned, they just happen to be top five or top ten in just about every quarter, uh, quarterback statistic mm-hmm. when you look at passing yards, touchdowns, mm-hmm. completion percentage, uh-huh. quarterback rating, uh, QBR. Yeah, I, I, It's hard for me to fathom that game managers could be top five, top ten in all those categories. I disrespectfully disagree with him. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Dak Prescott's been a game manager. Has he not seen that dude play the last seven weeks? You're a better man than I am. You're more Christian than I am. Because that's I, the, you know, that is the homie. Yeah, that's that is fine. the homie. I don't care if he was my homie. I'm disrespectfully <laughs> disagreeing with him. Are you crazy, Cameron Newton, to say that these <laughs> Dak Prescott is just a game manager? Tua Tungavailoa, yeah, he didn't play well in the final stretches against the Miami Dolphins. Has he not seen two people light people up? He put a 70-burger with Tyreek Hill and those guys against the Denver Broncos. Yes. Now, see, And it comes to this with Brock Purdy. To me, this is the best motivation with guys like that, but also motivates his football team. They're probably looking at Cameron Newton and say, dude, how many Super Bowls do you have? You had a chance to be a game changer in the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. Where were you when you won the when you were MVP that year? And not, I'm not trying to bash Cameron Newton, what he was able to do because that he was on his game. He was a game changer. He, he, he was. He was. A game no, changer. He, he was a difference maker. And for all the young people out there. Um, Making all these comments, man, y'all need to go back and look at your football history. So he definitely does. Because tell me you didn't have cable without telling me you didn't have cable. <laughs> or Wi Fi without Wi Fi. Yeah, man. Like Cam Newton was that dude. He, he was but, that dude. But, but, but I think what Cam has to understand, though, is that everyone's not going to be born with the physical traits that he, that, that he has. Absolutely. Everyone's not going to be the size and strength and the speed of a Julio Jones. Absolutely. You don't have many people out there or, or the size of a Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Everyone is not born with those physical traits. Yeah, but not for nothing, Harry. Size only matters if you can do something with it. Because oh. at the end of his career. Is, is that right, Freddie? Yes, it does. It does matter. Is that matter. right, Freddie? It does matter. I, I know you're trying to troll me right now, trying to give me a picture. <laughs> you ain't pausing me on this one. Cam Newton, for all the gifts that he was able to do, he was never that accurate kind of a quarterback. He really wasn't. There were plenty of times he could impose his will physically on teams and make those kind of throws once in a while. I can't tell you how many layups that he missed on simple throws that could have kept drives alive, that could have won games for the Carolina Panthers. You can't say that about Brock Purdy. He doesn't miss layups. Can't say it about Dak Prescott. He's not missing layups. Can't say it about Tua Tungabailoa. He's not missing layups. I saw plenty of times all the gifts that he presented on a football field, being that gifted. Especially the first year he got in the league, he was on the Carolina Panthers hat. And I want people to go back to Cameron Newton's rookie year. It was like a highlight tape each and every week. And yep. that team was garbage that he had. He single-handedly got them to six wins. But come on, man. Bitter party of one, your table is ready when it comes to Cameron <laughs> Newton. There's no reason to go after people who are playing at a close to an elite level or playing at an elite level and call them game managers. It just sounds like old man on the lawn from a guy who's not old to be on that lawn when it comes to Cam Newton. And I think when you look at all the quarterbacks that he just mentioned as well, and you look at their teams, the Miami Dolphins right now, they're 9-4, and four, right? They're doing very well. They were in contention for the number one seed until they just recently lost on Monday Night Football. When you look at the Cowboys, they're 10-3. and three. You look at the San Francisco 49ers, they're 10-3. and three. So yeah. I, I just, it's, it's just hard to, 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 yeah. to correlate that with the success that the team is having, with the success that these quarterbacks are having, and, and say that they're game managers. Yeah, by the way, he's Harry Dulles and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. 
you can't win a Super Bowl with just a game manager quarterback. Not in San, modern San, football. San Francisco drive. Yeah, with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it didn't work out. And thank you very much. Because at, at the end of the day, at some point, there are going to become multiple times where you're going to have to make that throw, make that play. Right. You Jimmy, got, you, Jimmy Garoppolo you, couldn't do you, it. You have to in modern football. Not just in the NFL. Yep. You definitely need that in college football now. Long, those days are long gone. But not trying to get on Trent Dilfer. Those days are long gone of Trent Dilfer not messing things up because you got a fantastic defense in the running game the way the Baltimore Ravens are able to win that Super Bowl. Because the next time they won it, Joe Flacco played as an elite quarterback level during that playoff run that he did. Had 11 touchdown pass, only one interception. Mm-hmm. That was the one time in Joe Flacco's life that he played elite. You had to make throws, and he had to make those throws, and he did make those throws. Well, think about that one against the Denver Broncos to, I think it was Jacoby Jones. Yeah, Over Jacoby. two guys, seven yes. yards down the field. Yep. Down the right boundary. Everyone's not making that throw. No, but if you got a guy that can make that throw or make those kind of plays, you can't just be a game manager. Maybe certain drives. In the cold. Thank with you. With the altitude. Come it, on, man. Can't, if anybody should understand, and like I said, Cam Newton played in the NFL. Won an MVP. He's entitled to his opinion. But to me, he's not basing this opinion on a fact because those guys are not game managers, not the way they've been able to play. You don't have to like Purdy, Brock Purdy. You may say that the system makes him, but look at some of the throws he's made in that system. Some of the throws last week, he wasn't just throwing his shirt and letting those guys run. That over route with Debo Samuel over the safety, over the linebacker, 60 yards down the field, and he put it right on his face mask when it comes to Brock Purdy. Yeah, thank you. Inaccuracy. Because those are some of the things Cam Newton didn't have. Anticipating inaccuracy when he had to make those throws. And like I said, not trying to belittle what he did in the NFL. The way he played was successful. The way he's able to impose his will physically was successful. But there were those times when they need him to be accurate. When they need him to make those anticipation throws. And outside that one MVP year, he couldn't do it consistently in the National Football League. That's why I got to a point that said, as great as you are physically, we can't have you in the football field because your game manager does not work in modern football in the NFL. Well, I think it's also when you look across the National Football League and we see how valuable and important the quarterback position is. And for that quarterback to be able to make the plays necessary when they're, when they're presented to them. Right, because you can have all the toys that the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. have, but if you don't have a quarterback that's on point, at the end of the day, are you really going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl? No, because that guy's going to have to make a play yeah. or plays yeah. in the biggest moments. Yeah. A tool is only as good as the carpenter that has it. <laughs> Seriously, let's call it as it is. Man, you, I, you I love what, I love what you said earlier, though, Freddie. And we got to make sure the people get the moral of the story too. You know, size does matter. Just stop. What? <laughs> That's what you said. Just stop. Now you're trying to take Is a that not what you context. said? Now you're trying to make it a different contextual thing. Shannon, yes. am I lying? Is that not what Freddie said? What I heard. It has what? nothing to do with said or heard. It's the context <laughs> that you're trying to put in. People can't see your face right now. Don't let now. anybody tell you otherwise, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. It does matter. <laughs> see, see, Freddie Coleman this, said so. This is why. This is why in twelve days we can't have Christmas. <laughs> I am why, a child. You really are. <laughs> I am a child. <laughs> 
This is why the people love us, though. This, this is why we appreciate y'all, man, because y'all know we, we... always, always appreciate everybody out there because when we're juvenile, we're juvenile to the 25th power. <laughs> yes, Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Keep weighing in anytime you want to adopt the paper call in line. Is Harry Douglas the most juvenile person you've ever heard in your life? Triple H, say yes, we did. That is correct. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I got tears. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Are we really going to be that juvenile when it comes to Atlanta Falcons of Harry Douglas fame being in the worst five of the weekend? The Lord Five comes your way next. This is Freddie and Harry being as juvenile as we want to be on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. What? This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the show on the Groove with On Wednesday, known as Freddie Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Each and every weekend, there are highs and lows in the National Football League. <laughs> on Wednesdays, we are all about the low. It was a bad week for some this week in the NFL. In trouble, sack, fumble, first and goal. But who was the worst of the worst? You're the worst. You're the worst. Find out now. This is the lower five. Because normally every week, at least one of our teams makes the lower five. Whether it's my Jets or Harry Douglas's Falcons. That may not be the case this weekend. Who were the worst NFL teams over the weekend? We always start with when it comes to number five. Uh, we got to put the Green Bay Packers on this list. Harry Douglas, how they lost to the New York Tommy Cutlets, a.k.a. New York Giants. Yeah, when this was a loss, I don't think the, the the Green Bay Packers even thought was possible for them because of the simple fact that how good they had played the previous three games. Now, Jordan Love reverted back to the beginning of the season when he was off throwing the football. You had the run defense being horrible for the Green Bay Packers, and they just seemed out of sync. There were some easy layup throws that were presented to Jordan Love, and he just didn't make those throws. So yeah. there's a reason why they're number five on the list. And also – a quarterback in Tommy DeVito was able to have his way and be efficient passing the football and also rushing the football against this defense of the Green Bay Packers. So that's why they're on this list. Tommy, I said Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets, baby. He got the victory over the Green Bay Packers. That's why they're on the list. <laughs> four for four for 53 yards in that final drive leading to the game-winning field goal yep. by Tommy DeVito against a defense that had been pretty good going into that game. When it comes to the Green Bay Packers, I'm with you. They make this list, meaning the Packers, at number five. Number four. I think the Cowboys just scored again. That Eagles team, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I know everybody can have a bad week, but bad back-to-back weeks like that. First, a 42-45 burger laid on your head by the 49ers on your home field. And then this Cowboys game said, we're going to get right. That team can't beat us. We don't believe they can beat us. They were on the Eagles from the jump, and they did not let up. If anything... They left some points out there because they had to settle for field goals, although it's really nice. You got Aubrey's your field goal kicker who has not missed a field goal all year long. The Eagles need a get right sooner than later. But for this week, they're number four on the list. And rightfully so, them being number four on this list, I don't think they were ready to play this football game. I don't think they had the passion and the energy to go out there and win the football game. In the game for the Dallas Cowboys, it was bigger for them, clearly and obviously, than it was for the Philadelphia Eagles. Turning the football over on the first drive of the game, Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts. Turning the football over, coming out of halftime, A.J. Brown. Drop passes. The defense giving up play after play after play on the back end. 
weekend. And then also not having a plan for the blitz offensively, Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator. So the Eagles, you're on this list, man. And if it wasn't for a defensive touchdown, Oof. you wouldn't have had 13 points. You didn't score a touchdown offensively. Number four on the list today, rightfully so, Freddie. Number three. I warned people, Harry, on Friday. Upset alert. Lions and the Chicago Bears. And what happened on Sunday? The Lions got eaten by the Chicago Bears. Yeah, the turnovers, three of the last four games for the Detroit Lions are really hurting them. Jared Goff putting the ball in harm's way, having these inexcusable interceptions or fumbles. Also, when you look at Justin Fields and the way he performed, he kind of had his way a little bit with that defense, that mm-hmm. defense that, have, that has not stepped up of late for the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, coach set up the game. Well, if I got to be more irritable, I can be. <laughs> he needs his team to be more irritable because if yep. you looked at that film, that should bleep you the heck off if you're the Detroit Lions. I don't care if you play defense. I don't care if you play offense. That was an embarrassment. I know that the Lions barely beat the Bears the last time. They should have lost to them the last time. They should have lost to them the last time. You would have thought that lesson would have been learned by the Detroit Lions. Nope. They let the Bears get up to a hot start early. They got back in the game, and I, I'm watching the game, Harry, and you could clearly tell, okay, we got it now, we can relax. And the Bears said, you got nothing. You know what you're going to get? Nothing. In turn, no, no, nothing. Now get out of here. You're not going to get a win at our expense. And now if you're the Lions, it seems that any time a big moment has shown up, other than week one versus Kansas City, they have not showed out if you are the Detroit Lions. And that schedule's not getting any easier regarding the rest of your trip in 2023. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We give you the lower five each and every time, each and every Wednesday on this time. In terms of the worst teams of the weekend, we had the Packers at five, the Eagles at four, the Lions at three. That brings us up to number two. It's not so much the Dolphins lost. It's Harry how it happened mm-hmm. in the last five minutes. It wasn't good. 14, up 14 points with about four minutes to go in that ball game versus a Tennessee Titans team that has that, that have that haven't been good this season, Freddie. Um, a rookie quarterback, Will Levis, at that. If you're the Miami Dolphins, you got to close out that football game, especially because you needed that win to stay in contention for the number one seed in the AFC conference as a whole. For them to crap the bed like this is inexcusable. Tua tongue of a lower fumble in the football on. First, third, and two, second, and two at uh, at the opponent's two-yard line. The red zone play calling wasn't on point for this team. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb, when you get a stop on third and ten, you're throwing your helmet down and, you know, giving the Titans a first down and it led to a touchdown. Just a lot of bad things happening in that football game. And then on top of it, the offense looking at disarray yeah. without Tyreek Hill being out there. So yeah. bad loss for the Miami Dolphins. That's why they number two today. You allowed a rookie quarterback to go down the field not once but twice in the last 434 and go 9 for 12 for 134 yards and one touchdown. When it comes to Will Levis, he looked like the more composed quarterback when his team was down 27 to 13 compared to Tua Tungabailoa, who did not have Tyreek Hill and was unable to find a plan B once plan A was taken away. Mm-hmm. Will Levis had plan A taken away. He even threw a pick six. We love when big people achieve, and boy, they achieve early on when he threw that pick six in the end zone to have that touchdown scored. And he battled back and led his team to victory. Miami, if you don't get the number one seed, you're going to go back to Monday night and say, that's where we lost it when it came to that. That brings us to number one. This is a cumulative thing when it comes to two teams. The Vikings and the Raiders. Three nothing. 
No weather situation involved. No weather issues. It was climate controlled indoors in Las Vegas. And these two teams combined for three points. And the Vikings won it. Or more like the Raiders didn't want to win it by a count of three nothing. Ooh, you talk about bad football. Between the two quarterbacks of the Minnesota Vikings, they didn't even eclipse 100 yards passing, Freddie. Oh, my God. And if you're the Las Vegas Raiders who have a Josh Jacobs on your football team, Mm -hmm. they didn't rush for more than 57 yards in that ball game. Is that good or bad? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's horrible. Very horrible. (laughs) But to sit there and for fans to have to watch this game, and Mm -hmm. I I think they owe them fans some money. Can you imagine paying for that? I'm glad I didn't have to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't even bother watching it on on Sunday ticket. I knew better. I, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't have yeah, to. I'm glad I did not have a ticket to that Sunday game in Las Vegas involving those two teams. He is Harry Douglas of Freddie Coleman and Freddie Harry football doublehead on Sunday. Dolphins hosting the Jets. Harry will be there. Followed by 49ers to the Cardinals. Covers begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Draymond Green. How long will he be out this time? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.